they they put this on themselves as an organization as a player. So uh, if he shows up and, he, and if he's at least bit out of shape, you're going to look at Wednesday's practice. He, he's probably going to get some limited reps. But if he's not like dynamite, I'm not playing this week. It's too big of a game. It's the TD Fanners. The TD Fantasy Podcast. TD Fantasy Podcast. With your host, Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome into the TD Fantasy Podcast, brought to you by Fantasy Football at Sea. Uh, Jake, Jamie, and myself are all going to be on this cruise. It's going to be a hell of a time. If you had a horrible draft experience, like the three of us did, where you're sitting on your couch and you're just picking your picks, like Jamie said, sitting in his underwear. You guys can have that visual. Uh, Instead of doing that, you can be on a cruise drinking some awesome drinks. You can be on a private island for the Royal Caribbean. Yes, I said private island. Look up Coco K. It looks awesome. Drafting with people like Andre Reid and Pilar Lastra and Adam Ronis and myself and Jake and Jamie, it's going to be a hell of a time. We're going to have a lot of fun, and it's going to be the first of its kind. There's never been anything like this before. You can go to Vegas like everybody else, or you can be extra cool and come hang out with us and be on a cruise line. So I think that all speaks for itself. But we're really excited about that. It's it's next year, and you guys can check that out at Fantasy Football at Sea. But, uh, Jake, you missed the last couple podcasts because you were in L.A., and uh, I want to Hollywood on us. You want Hollywood on us. I want to. Like I want to give you the opportunity to talk first here because there's been a player that hasn't been playing a lot, and uh, you've had some words for him. And that guy is Leonard Fournette. He is officially out again this week. He will not be playing. So if you're a TJ Yeldon owner like I am, you're very happy because you picked him up and you're getting another full week of full touches. But Jake, you've been pretty pissed off called out his manhood. There's been a lot of a lot of words. So I'll let you take the uh, take the mic here and, and talk about Fournette being out again. There's really nothing to say. I'm not mad anymore because he proved to me his manhood. It sucks. <laughs> it's it's terrible. You are there's no reason. Okay, if it was gonna be a four to five, six week injury, then you shouldn't have tried to play the first week. Agreed. Get to Friday and practice, don't play, get four carries, you're out at halftime. That's not that bad of an injury. By all accounts, it hasn't been made worse. And now you're talking about, okay, they have a bye in week nine, so maybe he plays in week eight and then gets two weeks to rest it again, but you're out till then? Come on, man. Like, I don't even have anything to say about it right now. It's just he proved to me everything you need to know. I, I literally thought about dropping him this week, but I made a great trade in that league so he can just sit on my bench until he comes back and maybe be a flex at that point. Yeah. But T.J. Yeldon's played great in his absence. He's dealing with the same injury and playing really well. Enough said, man. We're move on from this dude. It, fantasy bust of the year and just disappointing all the way around. He's definitely up there because the where you drafted him, you haven't got him at all. It's not like you've gotten lack of production. You just haven't got him playing football games. And that's extremely frustrating if you're a fantasy owner. And I know he was projected to be a top five back by most fantasy analysts and obviously will end up nowhere near that number by the end of this season. No, he won't end up top 20. Even no. if he plays the last four or five weeks when he comes back. I, I just. Yeah, it's frustrating. Because look, they're, they're going to prove a point when he comes back. And that's that we don't need you. We're not going to pay you. You're going to think that you're getting Todd Gurley, David Johnson money. And you're huh. not anywhere in that caliber. You're not even Jordan Howard, dude. Like, and you're going to want that money. You think you're a superstar. You're not. You haven't played a full season, bro. Right. So no. 
And again, these have been concerns for years. This is nothing. No, this goes this back to not, LSU. This is not a one-year issue. Right. You're you're going to be on the trade block. You're damn sure not getting paid in Jacksonville. And it's a shame because you should be a superstar. And you're not. So move on. Enough, enough with that, dude. Enough. And that's good news for T.J. Elton owners. He's yeah. my number 12 running back this week. Yeah, so I'm I, really excited if you have I him. handcuffed myself the first week of this injury. Yeldon was okay, and then I dropped him because Jackass said he was coming back to play the next week, and of course doesn't. So now somebody else is getting to take care of that, and I've moved on. You, yeah, Jake sounds like a scorned lover. He's very, very, <laughs> very over, and by that I mean not over, uh, Leonard Fournette. Let's talk about another running back, and this is interesting from both fantasy and football perspectives. The Philadelphia Eagles really, really need a running back. They are desperate now. They have lost Jay Ajayi. They've lost some other pieces. It looks like they're going to be running out Wendell Smallwood, maybe. Uh, they're they're just they're he having pretty good when he played a couple weeks. So Jamie and I were high on Corey Clement. We watched the first game together. Also in has Vegas, injuries, and we were like, this dude should be the guy. But injury again, right? But he's supposed to be. I've come off of that. It makes a lot of sense. The guy you're talking about, Lashawn McCoy. Yep. The offense hasn't really changed a whole lot. It's really more Chip Kelly's offense than it was Andy Reid's, but now it's kind of a combination of the two. He should be able to fit right in. To me, it makes a lot of sense. Buffalo's terrible. They need to move on from his salary cap number anyway. They're rebuilding that team. Philly needs that back to be able to make a run. And it, like I thought about it. I heard the rumors, and I was like, dude, should I pick him up and stash him just in case it happens? Because that all of, all of a sudden makes LaShawn McCoy very fantasy relevant again. Yeah, and he had a, a decent week back last week. He scored 10 points in my league. That's a pretty if – if he's an RB2 or flex guy and he scores you 10 points, it's not a bad week. Um, if he gets traded to the Philadelphia Eagles, it will be an instant upgrade for him yeah, from a back fantasy to perspective. Yeah, RB2, RB1A type category. Absolutely. He, he, he had a good year last year. I think people kind of yeah. forgot about that because of the – the, 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 it was on what number ten total last yeah. year. Yeah, like, he put up a lot of points last year. And again, the concern about him coming into this year was obviously some of the off the field stuff, but also that how bad of a team the Bills were going to be, how bad that offensive line was. He is an absolutely legitimate RB two if he goes to Philadelphia. Yeah, he's a good running back. He's just right now Josh Allen thinks he needs to run the football, and that's what they're doing. So I mean, he's still the leading rusher on that football team, right. which is not long term success. They got a victory last week, but that team is and Chris Ivory not a good short yardage stuff yep. because of the injury. So and he's going to be like you know a goal line maybe short yardage yeah. guy. But he's he's just stealing those carries, so I, that's going to take cut into his. But now if he goes to Philly, I like it. It's, it's going to. It's it's something to pay attention to. It's it's interesting from a Philadelphia Eagles perspective because they're struggling as a team. I told Jake before this podcast started if I was picking one team uh, to be the biggest disappointment thus far this season, I would pick the Philadelphia Eagles. All mostly because of the hype that was coming into this season about how they upgraded that team and I had and Carson Wentz coming back and I haven't seen that yet. Um, but this perfect transition into what is tonight's football game because we're looking at Giants Eagles and. The New York Giants are also a huge disappointment. This this entire division sucks. Yeah, The whole division is not good. It's not enjoyable to watch any of their football games. The whole division is bad. And it looks like whoever wins eight games will probably win this division. Like, that's probably what it's going to take, maybe eight or nine games. Jamie and I talk. I mean, New York and Philly both had brutal, brutal starts to the season. Yep. I think they're both going to finish really strong. And the, the winner's going to come out of those, too. I believe it's, but it's who gets healthy in the next couple of weeks and who can make a second half run. I think the Giants have figured some things out. Um, 
if Olivier Vernon comes back and James Betcher's defense, that's that Chandler Jones defensive player of the year type guy. Now he's got to be healthy to wreak havoc, but he has to have that piece. They got a bunch of other injuries. Like they got guys that didn't play football last year. They're starting for them on that defense. That offensive line's still not great. They played better last week. They finally put up some points for 30 points the first time in however long it was. Um, but we'll pick the game in a second. I mean, what do you I, what do you think on this division? Because uh, it, well, it is terrible. Right? I, I agree with you. With this, Giants just got to get healthy on the defensive side of the ball. And, you know, I expected Philadelphia to struggle a little bit compared to last year, but they don't look very good at all. Like this, I expected this team to at least look like a playoff caliber roster, especially when Carson Wentz came back. And he's been fine, and this team doesn't look good. Alshon Jeffrey's not the same guy. They no. have, they have, you think they have strong corners, but they're all playing terrible. Yeah. And the running backs are all hurt now. It's, Lane Johnson's got a sprained ankle. It's not questionable for tonight. So, yeah, I mean, they, they got they got to get healthy, and then they got to figure it out and make a run the second half, and the schedule eases up. I like I still like the Giants' offensive weapons. I think when it pushes They have a shove, lot. I mean, Saquon, Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, this team has weapons. It's just that offensive line has looked terrible, and Eli has made a lot of bad decisions. He, and Eli's Eli, not but Eli's, that good. No. But I like Pat Shermer. I like the weapons, and I, I just – when it comes down to it, defense and in, in, in football anymore is not – you don't win with defense. I know Philly made a run last year, but Nick Foles got hot and won them that Super Bowl. Carson Wentz with MVP before that. I don't think you got to be great on defense anymore, but you got to have offensive weapons that can take it to the house when you get in space. And I think Giants have by far, by far, the most in that division. Jamie, so talk about this line because I know it's moved a little bit. It's moved since. a lot in the, last, in the last day or so. It was at one point it was Giants plus three yesterday when I looked initially. When I woke up this morning, it was Giants minus one and a half. It was minus one some places, or excuse me, plus one and a half, plus one some places. It's now at Giants plus two. Look, I, to me, I think these teams are way more evenly matched than I think Vegas is giving them credit for. Because typically, if, if Vegas says this is an evenly matched game, the Giants would be three point favorites, yeah. they're two point underdogs. I think it's a lot closer than that. Uh, I know we're about to pick the game in a second, but I'm a, I was a little surprised by that line. It looks like Vegas and betters aren't quite willing to give up on the Eagles just yet. I just don't think this is the Eagles team that people think they so are. I think that's recency bias. I think that's that's last year. That's mm-hmm. Carson Wentz. That's name recognition. Alshon Jeffrey's not the same guy yet. He's been okay. Yeah, he had a first big week back, but that was a touchdown. He jump ball kind of thing. He doesn't look the same. Janoris Jenkins is going to shadow him for a lot of this game. He's outside. That could hurt his production tonight. I just – I agree with you. And then, it's, you know, you get the Thursday night craziness. That's what I was going to say. Home team on Thursday night. The biggest part of this is I know it's Philly, New York, so it's not like it's a long trip for these guys. This is an hour plane ride, 45 minutes, basically up and down yeah. for Philadelphia it's very Eagles. It's very I've, been on, I've been on those flights. Like yeah. You're still jumping on but a plane. But you're still going on a plane, and you're still going way earlier than you're used to, and your body is still not used to it. And Thursday night football as a road team sucks. And when you're evenly matched – like, I think evenly matched these two football teams. What has Philadelphia done this season that you would say that they're a better football team right now than the New York Giants? I haven't seen it yet. Are they, will they show that tonight? Maybe, but I don't think I'm going to see that. So, Jake, I'll let you pick this game first. Thursday night, Giants, the divisional matchup, the teams always play each other hard. What do you think you're going to see tonight? So matchup-wise, you'd think a really good pass-rushing team and a bad offensive line is really big in the favor of the Eagles. But I just talked about they have big names at the corner. They're not playing very well. Who shows up in big-time, primetime game superstars? Saquon, OBJ, 
I think the Giant, if Olivia, I think if Olivia Vernon is going to play, I think he's going to have a spot package. I think he has a sack, sack and a half, sack fumble. I think something big happens. I'm taking the Giants at home, 27-23. feel pretty good about it. I mean, before I really dove into this, I wrote that down on, like, Tuesday. I feel pretty good. I mean, I just did – Philly hasn't shown me enough, and they definitely haven't shown me they're the same team. Now, can they go off on a pass rush here and there and make something happen? Can Eli do something stupid? Yeah, but, I mean, I like superstars – and they have more of them on offense. They should have won last week's game. I mean, Graham Gano hit a 63-yard field goal. Yeah. I mean, come on. They that, busted an assignment on one of the first couple yeah. of plays with 50-something seconds left and gave up a 20-yard pass. But they went down and made it happen. Like, they were down six with two minutes to go, went down scored a touchdown. When who was it? It was Saquon making a ridiculous play. I think he's getting confidence. He's a superstar. I, I just, you know, I, is it a great game to pick? No, I'd stay away from it if I was betting, but – when you guys said the line, I went, okay, that, that fits right into what I've got. I think this game is all about the Giants, win or lose. Uh, I'm going to take the Giants here to win outright. I'll take the extra two points because there's a little bit of a buffer. But to me, the only way the Giants lose this game is if they lose this game. And that is if yeah, Eli, Eli Manning yeah. turns the ball over three, four times, they lose this game. They have way too much firepower, the Giants. Saquon Barkley and Odell Beckham are going to have huge games today. I think that offense is finally starting to click the way it's going to be. That defense has struggled, has been hurt, but I think is getting healthier with Olivier Vernon coming back will be a bit better. To me, the only way I see the Eagles going in there and winning this game and covering is if Eli Manning has a just a disastrous turnover game, which is possible. We have seen it happen before, but that's the only way I can see the Giants losing this game. Yeah, I mean, give Pat Shermer some credit, too. I mean, sometimes you've got a new team, and it takes a little while to figure out exactly what you want to do. And then Evan Ingram going out may have actually helped, as crazy as that sounds, because it's another guy you're trying to get the ball. It's on the playmaker. There, there was probably a little bit of a learning curve. I'm not saying it all broke out last week in week five and he finally figured it out, but I think there's some matchup things. He's realized more of what his personnel can do. And I think you're going to see that throughout the rest of the year. You you also saw, you know, the shenanigans that is Odell. I mean, he does this all the time. It's nothing new. You know, has this little thing with little Wayne called, like, I need to be in the ball more. I'm not getting as many opportunities. And you see him throw a touchdown pass and get his first receiving touchdown. You have Eli being Eli, like, well, I don't pay attention to little Wayne. Like, it's like it's it's comical. It's New York. It's what it is, always like, they've is. They've done that before, but it's almost like Jalen Ramsey just running his mouth. It motivates him. Yeah, for and sure. And Odell Beckham Jr. gets embarrassed because of his own antics. He usually breaks out the next week. For sure. And he, he had himself a pretty good game last week on the road in Carolina. And, I and then just, still popped off. So, like, yeah, I, I think he goes off tonight. Yeah, I think he has a good – I think he has a big game, and I think the New York Giants take care of business at home. Guys, how can everybody follow you on social media? Jamie, I'll let you go first. You can follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter and at JME Eisner on Instagram. Jake? Jake B. Arians on Twitter and Jake Arians on Instagram. And guys, you can follow me at the underscore sports page with an I. And make sure you stay tuned because Bruce Arians is up next. What's up, TD Fantasy listeners? Jake Arians here. Not only am I one of your co-hosts on the podcast of TD Fantasy, I'm also very privileged and proud to be the president of the Arians Family Foundation, the foundation that we started to honor my mom, and the work that she's done uh, for underprivileged kids uh, throughout her entire life. So for more information, go to ArianesFamilyFoundation.com, at ArianesFF on all your social media outlets. Coach, how you doing today? I'm doing fantastic, but I made a few more putts of being be better. I love the weekly golf game updates that we get. I'm, I'm hoping that by the end of this football season, we're going to be getting some, some quality golf uh, from you happening. Well, I had a chance to go – Three birdies in a row and three putted. Got a little aggressive, 
but you know me, aggressive is my style. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say you aggressive. I can't, I can't imagine that. I can't imagine that. Uh, coach, I want to talk to you about a huge Sunday night football matchup. And that is the chiefs and the Patriots. It is going to be a big test for a guy who you love and the two people sitting in this room love a lot too. And that's Patrick Mahomes, but it's a different, different story when you're facing the new England Patriots. So what are your thoughts on that game in, in general? And then what do you expect to see from Mahomes? Well, I, I think I, I expect to see a great game. I, I think Andy Reid is one of the best coaches at taking pressure off of some individual players. And he'll have a game plan with his entire football team that should make Patrick Mahomes comfortable and able to accelerate and play great. Jameis Winston's going to make his first start of the season on Sunday. What are your expectations for him after missing so much time? Well, now that he's played a couple of halves of ball games, I would think he'd have a great game. I mean, Jameis is a tremendous talent. Uh, I'm one of his biggest fans. I, I hope he succeeds. Uh, I know that he's inherently a great young man, and I want him to succeed uh, for a lot of reasons. Coach, you spent a lot of time in Pittsburgh, uh, and you've spent a lot of time in locker rooms. Le'Veon Bell has been away from that organization and that team for a long time, and the speculation is that he's going to come back into that locker room. So how do you handle that situation? How do you how do you handle bringing in a guy who hasn't been in the locker room, who's been out partying, who's been making a lot of comments in the media? How do you handle that within your locker room as, as the head coach of that football team? Well, I, I think first and foremost is what kind of shape is he in? Is he in football shape? Probably if if he shows if he shows up, it's a very limited role this week. Uh, and he might even be inactive. Um, it's a huge week week for them. Uh, they have to they there are very few half wins, but they have to win to stay alive this year. A two two and one in last place in their division. They that's a must win game. Do you throw him in there right away? I don't think so. I mean, I don't think so. I don't. I think there's too much animosity in that locker room right now. Uh, even though he's a great player, but I, I just think uh, it, it's too much of a distraction. Is it just a quick conversation, though? Do you just address it right off the top, or are you just saying, "Listen, I'm the head coach, and this is how it's going to be, and we're making a business decision"? Because I envision that that's a pretty tough conversation to have with a bunch of grown men. Well, it, it is. I mean, but they made it that way. They they put this on themselves as an organization, as a player. So uh, if he shows up and, he, and if he's at least bit out of shape, you're going to look at Wednesday's practice. He, he's probably going to get some limited reps. But if he's not like dynamite, I'm not playing him this week. It's too big of a game. Arizona Cardinals got their first win of the season. Uh, is that offense starting to turn the corner a little bit to at least be competent so far? What have you seen in that victory that you haven't seen maybe earlier this year? Well, I saw five turnovers by the 49ers. I don't think yeah. the Cardinals offense had anything to do with winning that game. But getting five turnovers and getting the field position they got out of it and one big play. You get five turnovers and one big play, you better not lose. One of the uh, one of the teams that had a bye week was the Chicago Bears. They came off a huge offensive performance. I asked you about that last week. So with another week to prepare, going into Miami, a, a game that's a what you would call a winnable game. 
do you expect that this offense has actually turned the corner and you're going to see uh, Mitch Trubisky and Matt Nagy's offense take the next step that they need to to actually be a real contender in the NFL? No, not really. I, I think Miami is the team that's they're, – they're the ones that came off blowing a 17-point lead. And at home, they're a tough team to beat. So I would think Miami is the team to win in this game. Uh, turnovers are going to be critical in this ball game for both sides. And whoever wins the turnover battle, I think, wins that ball game. Giants have really struggled to start the season. What have you seen from them, and what do they need to change in order to kind of get back on track in what looks still like a very winnable NFC East? I think the biggest thing for them is to get healthy. I mean, James Betcher on defense is playing without his top two players, Eli Apple and Olivier Vernon. And it's like when they get them back, uh, now let's judge them on defense. But if they get those two guys back this week, I think all of a sudden you're going to have a pass rush and you're going to have another corner who can shut down people. So, yeah, I think let's judge them when they get healthy. Coach, let's talk about the game that you have this week. You have the Colts and the Jets, two teams you know very well. One, because a guy who used to work underneath you is now the head coach for the New York Jets. And two, because you coached with Andrew Luck for a long time. What did you see from Andrew Luck? Let's start with the the Colts side of the football they obviously they played the New England Patriots and took a loss, but Andrew marched his team back to almost a victory in that second half. So this was one of the biggest talking points coming in this NFL season was what were we going to see from Andrew Luck after so much time not playing football? So what have you seen from Andrew and what do you expect to see from him in this game against a pretty tough defense in New York? Oh, yeah, for, for the Colts, it's just catch the damn ball. And they had 10 drops last week. And if you get T.Y. Hilton back, which would be huge, because that's, that's his guy. And then Eric Ebron has, has shown up now. But for them, I, I had I had him for 10 drops in that game last week and uh, just catch the balls that he's throwing. Uh, but they have to shut that 60, 65 passes. They got to get that down to 45 and hopefully run the ball 30 times. And uh, to be just to get the pass rush off him a little bit. But Andrew Luck looks healthy and fantastic. Yeah, I I would have to agree. I would have to agree. But I want to talk to you also about the New York Jets because you know Todd Bowles really well. And one of the things we asked you about early on in the season was Sam Darnold. After a really, really good week one performance, he's kind of been up and down since then. They had a good win last weekend. What have you seen from Sam Darnold, obviously a rookie in this league who's who's taking the charge there in New York in a tough place to play? Well, I think Jeremy Bates has done a great job. When you rush the ball for 300 yards and you only have to throw it 22, 23 times, that's what you do for a rookie quarterback. And if they somehow can continue to run the ball with that kind of success, Sam Darnold is going to be in, in the perfect position. But they're doing a great job. When they do throw the ball, they're taking shots down the field. And now they they, they doing a nice job on third down. But run the ball, take shots down the field. That's the Jets MO for the rest of the year. Coach, uh, thank you for joining us. As always, enjoy uh, the Colts versus Jets. I know you're really looking forward to uh, meeting up with some of your guys and, and saying hello to a, guys, a lot of guys you know really well. Yeah, it's going to be hard because I've got friends on coaching staffs on both sides. And obviously, I love Andrew Luck. He's, he's like a son to me. But it'll be, a, it'll be one of those melancholy games like, oh, happy for one team, sad for the other.
Yeah, you're going to be torn. You're going to be one of those people that has to wear a jersey that's split in half because you want both yes, teams to win. Yes, indeed. All, the <laughs> All right, good luck. good luck this weekend, Coach, and thanks for joining us. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. 